I'm Kendall Ratliff. I believe that you can change your life by trying one thing at a time. You can learn more at my website, tryonething.co, or by tuning in to the Health NSFW podcast. And I'm Johnny Fairplay, reality TV, well, uh, survivor. And throughout my adventures, I've met a lot of interesting and motivating characters. Johnny and I made this podcast because we want you to unlock your full fucking potential. So whether you want to get a little more badass or a lot more badass, strap in. Join us here each week. It's Help NSFW. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm doing excellent. How are you guys? Pretty good. Great. Welcome back to reality or to help NSFW. Old habits die hard. Uh, We have the pleasure, uh, myself, Johnny Fairplay, always joined by Kendall Ratliff, of being joined this week by Sarah Rice. I know you guys know her from the challenge, the real world, all things awesome in the culture that is MTV. But I saw an Insta post uh, a, a little ways back. And I was like, holy moly, I, I, I've heard this question asked so many times, even internally myself, just like, when are you going back on the challenge? Are you going to get revenge? Are you upset about Johnny Bananas? And your answer was the coolest thing that I had seen on the internet that week. And I was like, holy moly, we need Sarah Rice at Help oh, in SFW. Thank you. Yeah, can Thanks you summarize so what that uh, what that answer was? Uh, well, I mean, you could be referring to the one where I where I was just like, what what is the TikTok that? Oh, we do not care. Yeah. Bye. Like, I was like, I don't care about this, and you know, it. I felt like I needed to address the people and the fans and the people who are messaging me daily. Mm. And have not stopped. Mm. You know, I get messages about this or get tagged in something related to what happened in my last season of the challenge daily. I get a message. And I'm like, oh man, I think people don't know that I don't give a fuck. And so I gotta let the people know that we're good. It's been five (laughs) years. I know that like TV lives in this like time capsule. We're now with you know all the streaming services that have come out. A lot of these people are just now discovering or finding out what happened. And yeah. so it's very fresh for them. It is not so fresh for me. And, you know, and, and people also um, really only know me through how they've interacted with me on the show or by watching the show. And so they have a very narrow view of what who I am as a human, who we anybody who's been on reality television is as a person. We, they, we only experience them through the lens of how they were represented mm-hmm. on television or how they've been um, received by the viewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, uh, I can tell you that a lot of the extra attention has come by way of the quarantine. Uh, like Lex mm-hmm. Vandenberg, a survivor all-star, you know, I have him on, you know, my Mount Rushmore of survivors. You know, Lex was, you know, he was like, he goes, hey, like, uh, you know, I, I know that, uh, survivors not back for you know for a year you know maybe more you know do you have any suggestions i'm just like you ever watch the challenge and he was like no so he watched uh fresh meat or not was uh-huh. it fresh, not not fresh meat um this last uh the the last new one mm-hmm. anyway it's not um, on that one yeah so anyway so he watched he was just like i love this i hate fessy but i love this show <laughs> Is there more? I'm like, there's yeah. lots more. So lots I'm like, more. here's my Paramount Plus login. Check it out. And him and his wife, they've just been 
junkies. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, just imbibing, imbibing, imbibing. And he keeps kind of just like, really hate this bananas guy. And I was just like, oh, have you seen so-and-so season? He was like, no. I was like, oh, just wait. <laughs> so so yeah. anyway, so, uh, and, and, you know, I, I, you know, I, I saw your post on, on, on Instagram. I immediately tagged, like, I'm just like, look, she's awesome. I told you she's awesome. She's even like five years later, like exponentially that much more awesome. Thank you. So, uh, yeah. Well, I, I will say that something that contributes, thank you so much. And something that contributes to that awesomeness is that now I'm like living my, I'm doing what I want to do. So yeah. I think it's, yeah, I it's, you know, we really, I don't know. I think that it's easy to see that I am like in a good place and really happy and able to do the things now that were always my goals in life. And I, what I was in more of a transitional place or in like, you know, I was like in my twenties, I'm like working towards the goals mm -hmm. when yeah. people saw me on television. So it's like, Oh my gosh, look at her. She's like a grown up person. Well, yeah, I certainly hope after, you know, <laughs> I would become that, you know, yeah, <laughs> and so transition into being like a normal human and not just a, you know, cause that was never going to my, that was never my goal or never something that, um, you know, both my parents were in the film industry and I did not want to be in the film industry. I was like, mm -hmm. no, nah, I'm good. I don't want to be that. Mm -hmm. I just did it for fun. And I had big, I had other plans. I don't want to say bigger plans because whatever anybody's goal is, that's their goal. If you want to be mm -hmm. a lifer on reality television, then mm -hmm. you do you. I am not here to judge. I'm not here. I'm just saying for me personally yeah. that I had, there were other things that I was passionate about. So what are those things? What have you been up to in five yeah. years? If not yeah. making yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> from five years now, tell us. you know, um, so a lot of people ask, you know, like, what, how come you never went back? Well, I, um, you know, took some of the money cause I did win a couple times on the show and I used that money and I went to uh, grad school and I got my master's in marriage and family therapy. So I'm a psychotherapist and that's marriage. And people are like, Oh, why just marriage and family? Well, it's just a generic term in California. That's what they call therapists mm -hmm. and marriage, family therapy. So yeah, I just, I'm, I'm a therapist now and I work in private practice and I have a full client load. I like full caseload and, and it keeps me really busy and it's like a regular old job. And then, uh, you know, while I'm in the, in between time, I also host a podcast with, um, uh, my co-host is somebody that I met on the challenge as well. My first season was her last season mm -hmm. and we just clicked and we were instant friends and we connected on being, you know, kind of like the smart nerdy girls on the show. And we've been doing our own podcast, the Brain Candy Podcast, for right. now we have 538 episodes. So I was about to say, aren't you like five years deep? Yeah, we're, we're yeah, as long oh, as I've been off. I mean, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do my own thing now and uh, and talk about, I really wanted to talk about reality television in an honest way, in a different way than how they were talking about it when I was on MTV or when it was being produced by somebody who maybe had different intentions than, mm -hmm. than we did. Mm. Yeah. So you, you also, you, you talked about, you know, one of the reasons that you like, you know, number one, you're content in life, but number two, one of the reasons that you wouldn't take up and, and leave and go do another challenge out of the blue is, I mean, when we leave for these shows, you know, you're, you're looking at like a week of press, uh, you yeah. know, like mm -hmm. in, in 2020, you were looking at 14 days of quarantine and yeah. then the two month film schedule, you know, that's three months away from your clients who right. 
You know, if you're seeing a therapist, it's just like, hey, I'll be back in three months. That's not going to work for no. most of your, of your clients. Not only would it not work, I would lose my license. That <laughs> is considered client abandonment. And we can't do that. That is that is not allowed. By, I can't ethically or legally or morally just say like, peace out. You know, I laugh because I, I even when I explain why, even when I'm like, look, I, I, and I'm good. Also, it would be a pay cut for me at this point. People <laughs> think that they like pay you a whole bunch. They don't really, if you look at like that you're paid weekly, but then it's not really, you're not really just there. Like you said, for the, the time that you're filming, there's the press afterwards, you're under contract for about a year. So you can't mm -hmm. really do anything else that could mm -hmm. make you more money or you know, exponentially more money. Right. So you're like, shut down. You're under their control. Mm. And I'm not willing to give away a year of my salary or like be under somebody else's control, yeah. you know, when, and, and it was just, it just makes me laugh because even saying all that, I think I'm doing like a good job explaining why and giving all of the bullet points and reasons people are like, well, can't you just take your two weeks vacation and go to the all-stars? I'm like, That's, come on guys. Like <laughs> you would like me to take the, the, the two weeks, like, and, and to be perfectly honest, I'm terrible at taking my, my time off. I have not had a week off or given myself a week since I started working as a therapist. I'm taking my first vacation next week and I'm so excited about it. It's Good like, oh, self-care, self mm -hmm. right? I'm like, oh. so, uh, even with that, I'm like, I'm not going to use my vacation time to go on a challenge, which is not stress-free or self-care whatsoever. No, Absolutely. no. All star I mean, or otherwise. Even even all stars. Like, you know, Trishel went on all star. She's just like, you know, like I wanna I want, you know, I want to sit by the pool. I want to drink. I want, you know, pinata, like pin the tail and donkey yeah. would be a good challenge right. elimination game. Right. And then she got she just like, this is the fucking challenge. Right. <laughs> like, I don't do what? Any, and I'm like, not I'm just like ugh, I don't wanna be uncomfortable if I don't have to, and it's nope. not my choice, you know. And I'm like outdoorsy enough and go like my week off, I'm going backpacking, like, and way more relaxed, like, no shelter and like in the middle of nowhere kind of thing. Like, so I got, I'm doing challenging stuff. Without oh, so it cameras. sounds like you sign up for Survivor. Let's just go ahead and tell everybody now you're on the next season. Of yeah, right. <laughs> sound like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So no, as I said, he hearing you like you you had an you know I don't want to call it an end game because I mean you know you're you're still yeah, young at that. life and, and still so much more you know on the plate. But I mean like, but going you know in your twenties you're just like hey here's a target I'm aiming towards this target I hit this target and as a result I can do good positive things for the world mm -hmm. around you being on the I mean like I love watching you on the challenge I think you're an amazing person but I mean. I don't think you're doing as much good by going on a game show. I'm not. Or in your I real can't, life. I can't. And, and it doesn't. It, it is a wonderful symptom or, or cause of, of what I love to do that it happens mm. to be good for other people. Right. I love what I do as a therapist. And the, the wonderful thing that comes from that is people are helped and people are, you know, feeling better and, you mm -hmm. know, everybody's in a better place, but for my own well-being, for my mm -hmm. own sanity, I want to be doing something that makes me that like feeds my soul and feeds mm -hmm. my, 
my passions and allows me to be, um, you know, just allows me to, to, to let my strengths shine. And although I can let some of those shine on the challenge, it feels like it's for different reasons and mm -hmm. it's, you know, I, I just want to be able to help people in a therapeutic environment and it feeds my soul and being on the challenge doesn't feed my soul. It, at one point it did at one point there were like one. And, you know, I think people have a really difficult time understanding that two react, like two things can coexist. Two things can be true. I can had I could have had a great time, did have a great time on the challenge, have meet wonderful people. I mean, my best friends are from there and and make wonderful memories, doing really cool things that I feel so lucky and so grateful for doing. And I can also call out some things that were not so great, that were kind of toxic, yeah. kind of really, and mm -hmm. uh recognize that it's something that's not healthy for me to be in at this time in my life. So that Those two things exist at the same yeah, time. That, that push-pull of being able to see the positive and negative, I bet that really helps in couples counseling. Yes. It's like usually does. nothing is all good or all bad, and it's usually oh. not all one person's ne fault. Always. What's good or what's bad? Those are like things that we've just invented anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've been when when I was married, shockingly it didn't work out. I was looking for a therapist that like uh like that weighed or my way I didn't find that, that. Right. I think it would have been, we been well it was so me extra for that Johnny yeah I know I'd like it like I you know I I you know I'd leave the hundred and they're like oh you dropped this I'm like no I didn't <laughs> <laughs> we're not easily uh 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 well even they, they said call? they would right. take it but it wouldn't help me you know right like, well, right give it still back. gonna give you therapy yeah right because so yeah. that's what you need anyway that's what it's, it's like you know I always say there's a difference between like friend advice and therapist advice so like when my friends will come to me and they'll you know ask for oh can I help I'm like mm, do you want to talk to Sarah the therapist or Sarah the friend because Sarah the friend is yeah. gonna be like yeah dump his ass he's the worst right. Sarah the therapist is gonna be like well let's look at what role you played in the situation Ooh. and those are two different answers and people are like no no I'll take friend Sarah thank you very much yeah so, friend Sarah sounds much better yeah yeah that's why <laughs> that's why yeah, exactly. That's why mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, conflict of interest is a thing and why I won't work with anybody who's my friend. But I will work with anybody who's been on reality television and people who are on my own show because that is absolutely fine for me to do. I've consulted with different um, uh, uh, you know, boards on whether that's okay or not. Mm. And it's the same as like a therapist treating another therapist, you know, somebody who's been in the military treating somebody else who's also served in the military. We've just had a shared experience. That's it. And as long as the clients are okay with it, it's not, mm -hmm. you know, I, sometimes I get that question of, is it a conflict of interest to treat people who've also been on the show? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's something I, I definitely want to talk to you about. So like, I remember, um, I believe, was it Ronda Rousey? I think it was like Ronda Rousey's first big loss in the UFC. And she that. talked about her battle, internal battle with suicide, you know, mm -hmm. because she, she is, yeah. she considers herself, you know, like a perfect, you know, fighter, uh, you know, mm -hmm. a, a perfect specimen, you know, and, and had the mentality of, of a Michael Jordan. Like, and they're just a mm -hmm. different breed of, of person. Right. So they, they're, they're, there's just this tunnel vision that that's unmatched and, and, you know, and, and, uh, 
you know, I, I, I was talking to the people at Busted Open Radio, you know, it's an MMA talk show. And, and I was just like, hey, I'm like, you know, when you have these alpha males, they can't see anything different. I, you know, I can tell you on certain seasons of Survivor, more than one, there have been people that once eliminated from the game, suicide was a was was right there in their forefront. And 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 these people, you know, and we have Dr. Liza there, and and she's she's a great asset on the island, and she, you know, and and I I believe she lives in Los Angeles, and and I think you know throughout the year, my first season of Survivor is two thousand three. I think throughout the years, the communication is, you know, is is made better by way of, of Zoom and, and stuff like mm -hmm. this. But you know, I can tell you in two thousand three, it wasn't, right. and there were lots of survivors that you know that that went into the game, you know, with this alpha personality that was just like, you know, it, it's win or nothing. Mm -hmm. They leave dreams destroyed and, and never the same person again mm -hmm. and, and not getting the help. I mean, you know, I, I, I think that, I think the channels were there if you wanted to pursue more, but you know, but a lot of them, you know, they're, they're just internally they're, they, 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 made their own decision that they're not going to seek out this help. Right. Well, and, and I will say, you know, when I was in grad school, I did my research on uh, the effects of reality television on participants. Wow. There have been, there's only been, when I was in school, so this was now four years ago when I did this mm -hmm. project and or the, the research um, for this, uh, there was only one other study that has ever been a published study about this. It was published in the, uh, it was for uh, media law, so it wasn't about psychology. Mm -hmm. or it was about the ethics, illegal like ethics of reality television, and it was a study done in Sweden where they looked at reality shows, the effects of people who have been on there, mm -hmm. and they deemed it unethical, unethical. Yeah. So they were like, "This is not even ethical for us to do." I mean, we're wow. sort of putting them through this like quote unquote experiment, but we're not following the procedures and the proper protocol of what is included in an experiment. Mm -hmm. And one of the big features of that is debriefing. So anybody who participates in any study goes through a debriefing process or has the opportunity to have what ha just happened explained to them in a way, provide mm -hmm. support, all of the things that could happen, you know, and of course the contracts say, you know, there could be mental health issues and things like that. But people don't really grasp just what it's going to be like afterwards and how things are going to be different. And in I'm I I I'm like 99% sure I almost like reached in and like pulled out the paper and find out like to, so I get the numbers right. But one of the things that I wrote about and studied was the um, suicide rates are four times the general population. Oh wow! Sure. So it's a and there's this is you know again. The golden rule correlation is not causation. So mm -hmm. it doesn't mean necessarily that that it, it's, it's the challenge or the, the reality show that caused them to do that. Right. But it could have lowered the threshold for that. Mm -hmm. It could have brought up things that, you know, people weren't ready to address. And in the aftercare, even though there, those avenues are often available, you know, I tried to reach out because, um, you know, whenever we go on a show, uh, they have us talk to a psychiatrist and, a psychiatrist is very different than a therapist. Mm -hmm. They're two different things. They do not do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they give us the MMPI, which is to, um, you know, find out that there aren't any major 
personality disorders or things mm -hmm. like that that could be underlying. But that, in my opinion, feels like it's more to protect protect the production company mm -hmm. and them. If anything were to go wrong, to say, look, we tested them for this and we didn't see anything that was a red flag. But it's not to protect the participant. Yeah. It's not to make sure that we're okay. That test does nothing to assess for anxiety, depression. Like it, it doesn't. Wow. And afterwards, when I reached out to that same psychiatrist and said, you know, like, this is hard, you know, can I get some support? Yeah. And he is like, I don't really do that. And, you know, I wow. could send you some referrals, but, and I, I kind of felt like, ugh, you know, don't bother. I'll look on my own. Right. And a, a, a big thing, you know, when I went to my own therapist and I talked to her and I tried to talk to her about it, I felt like I wasted an entire session explaining what the challenge, what reality show is. Right. And I'm like, that was a waste of money. Cause I'm explaining to the 65 year old woman what the fucking a reality show is, which is <laughs> dumb. And she's like, oh, I haven't seen that. I know. Cause you're a little bit out of our demographic lady. So <laughs> she's in mine. Right. She was wonderful. She's lovely, amazing. But I was like, oh, God, I can't believe I'm wasting my time explaining this. So I was just like, oh, forget it. I won't even bother talking about Ooh. this. And then I've heard another story from somebody who was on the challenge years ago who went to therapy and tried to explain the situation, tried to explain to them and was like, yeah, OK, so I did this show. And, you know, we were followed by cameras 24 seven and, you know, we did great stuff. And the, I'm not kidding. This is the therapist's response. The therapist leaned in and goes, do you see the cameras right now? Oh, like oh. she's hallucinating it or like making it up. And this is the kind of thing that that mm. people may experience of, of a wow. not being fully understood, not recognizing what goes on in there. So I'm really trying to do everything I can to grow as a therapist and 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 specialize in the um, uh, you know, areas that I, I need yeah. to specialize in to be able to help reality stars transition back into mm. being a regular old person. And so that is the thing that I have become so passionate about doing and mm. making sure that I, I, you know, I've developed a treatment plan for yeah. working with people who have been on reality shows. And, you know, I hope that there are other therapists out there who are doing this because I see it as, um, so important and i really would like to push for and, and speak out as much as i can for this becoming a normalized part of the reality show process where it's mandatory that you go to between five to ten debriefing therapy sessions yeah. it should be eight to ten really because i think the, the real magic number is 16 but i'll take what i can get i should just aim high and then you know <laughs> then 20, 20 sessions hard, yeah. but you know like i think that uh, there needs to be a, an option and i think this should be covered by the production company it seems yeah. crazy to me that yeah, we have a, a legal person there to make sure they're following all the rules of the game we have a medical person there just in case anything physically goes wrong. But mm -hmm. there is no one to say, you know what I'm really seeing? Some self-harm, signs of self-harm. Can we check on what she's doing when she's going to the bathroom? You know, what I'm really seeing are some mm -hmm. some of the language uh, around like addiction. And I'm, I'm really seeing some dangerous uh, uh, addict addictive addiction behaviors here. And I think this person may need a, a treatment program after this. And I think it's irresponsible. And I think it's only a matter of time before there's a wrongful death suit or before something 
And things have already happened where shows have stopped production or they've not been able to air a season because things have gone wrong. And if there were a mental health professional on set, on call, who's able to view the tapes, look, I'm all about making your reality shows. Yep, make it fun, make it exciting. I love mm -hmm. the drama. It's all good and wonderful. But let can we do it with a net? The same yeah. way that we do it with medical and legal. Right. Yeah. Kendall, you wouldn't like like on survivors like the the good guy of re I mean, like, you know, I love the challenge, but it's just like, you know, it's a little dirtier. And I, I think that's yeah. why I, I kind of like it more. Don't yeah. tell survivor. <laughs> I can't do it. You guys are much too physical, but um, otherwise. So but on like Rupert, America's favorite survivor ever, you know, the big the, yeah. the, the happy hippie with the tie dye and the beard. Mm -hmm. So when I vote out Rupert on Pearl Islands in the middle of the night, he goes to my buddy Rhino. Like I'm, I'm still playing the game. In the middle of the night, he puts his hand over his face. He goes, I found a boat and a machete. Let's go to the island and cut off Johnny's arms and legs. And he and Rhino's like, cool. Like, give me one second. And Rhino, he's like, Dr. Liza, Dr. Liza, yeah. Dr. Liza. This is not good. Right. <laughs> I mean, it, this yeah. is America's favorite, the, the, right. the, the, the most loving survivor of all time, had plans to cut off my arms and legs because of a fucking game show. Right. And it puts, there's so much, you know, when they, when they, and I was thinking about this, you know, even when like on a show like yours, they can't take into account what people do or how people are going to act when they're put in those extreme situations that take yeah, us starving. to emotional, right. You add starving in, I mean, that is a whole other, you know, animal and it puts you 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 can't prep for that you can't mm. you know there were times where we would do challenges and they would be upset because we didn't perform in the way that they wanted us to and or or we would like not figure it out and you can't account for stress and for you know like the pressure of being in that situation so even when they test out the games and they try it out oh yeah this is fine look the crew all did it yeah but you guys are like talking to your family and getting, you know, a good yeah. six hours sleep. of sleep at night and eating three meals a day. Yeah. We're not. And we're also in this like fishbowl where we feel like we're being judged and, and everything is being and watched are. and that mm. kind of hypervigilance, hypervigilance on, on like an awareness of uh, like this over analyzing everything that's going on is so uh, not helpful. Right. for anyone for the person experience like it's it's it just leads we can't even think straight it really impacts functioning yeah we we had we had a survivor uh cat i mean it, she's she's told the story so i'm not, I'm not speaking out at a turn her name's kathy she was on fantress's favorites and she was on zoloft prior to going out there and she was supposed to wean herself off and she was like fuck that she was like oh, i told girl. production i did but i didn't Oh, so she, super depressive and oh, yeah. so, so she enters the game, no drugs. And, you know, and so she's sitting there. So at night she's having nightmares that she's in a concentration camp, you know, because of, yeah. of, of the shelter uh, yeah. outline. Yeah. And so eventually she's just like, look, I can't take this fucking vote me out. I'm begging you. Like, like I am my, my nights are, are just pure terror. Yeah. And, uh, oh, and so, so the sorry. rest of her tribe is, sees her. They're just like, okay, so she's not coming after me. And so if she's not coming after me, she's really not a danger to my game. I have no desire oh, to get rid of her. Right. We're going to keep gosh. her. So oh, she's sitting gosh. there. So they don't vote her out. And so the next day she's like, look, 
I begged you, vote me out. And they're just like, no, we're not. So, so she sat there with the machete and she was just like, okay, what finger can I cut off that will do the, the, the least amount of damage that if I cut off this finger, they'll remove me from the game. So they basically, they, they about tackled her with the machete in her hand, ready to cut off her finger to, to exit the game. Wow. I mean, that's like breaks my heart to hear that somebody would be pushed to that kind of emotional it's like breaking point in a way have to, because then what that does is it creates, Oh, the worst thing, the feelings about the feelings. So we have like the feeling mm. and then we have like, Oh, I feel trapped. I feel scared. I feel fearful. I feel like I want to get out of here. And then we have the feeling about the feeling. And that's what really messes us up when we're like, mm -hmm. Oh my God, I'm a sane person. Why am I thinking that? And then we have the guilt and the shame on top of that. And that is what really causes like the depression and the anxiety and all this stuff is these metacognitions and the awareness of how this doesn't match your belief of who you are as a person, which is put on to the test when you're on, and the spotlight is put on, when you're on a reality show. There are so many identity issues that I see of mm -hmm. who am I? Who am I on this show? Who am I to the fans? Who am I to my friends? Who am I when people stop asking me my opinion on everything? That's, you mm -hmm. know, there. It's, a it's only on reality television where people stop and go, hey, you know what? I was noticing how, you know, Johnny Fairplay over there, he's been sleeping in to like, do you think he's depressed? What do you think is going on with him? Mm. So then you think that your opinion matters and you're like these things are, you go out in the rest of the world and nobody gives a crap about what you say. And it's like, what, 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 what happened to all the people caring? And we go, we have this like mm. existential crisis and we, I, I see this play out in people's relationships. I have talked to people about this who have been, this is the rule. Not like this is, this is the, the, what usually happens. And, and I just think that it's, this is something that the fans don't see. This is something yeah. that production doesn't see. And this is something that, um, you know, in small groups, it's happening in, you know, conversations, maybe more one-on-one -on -one or when there is an issue or some, something happens. Like we had um, a cast member on our show who died of a drug overdose. And I think mm -hmm. that, you know, kind of made a few people start talking about things. But it's, I think when you get a lot of cast members together, there's this feeling of, of connection. There's this feeling of nostalgia. There's this feeling of like, man, those times were really fun where we, we again, have that feeling of like the two realities can't exist where it's either I loved it and it's all good. And like, if I say anything bad about it, are they ever going to invite me back? Are they ever going to, you know, there's like too much at stake if people were to talk about this. And yeah. so here I am. <laughs> this is so opening my mind because when you first started talking about wanting to counsel people from reality shows, I was thinking, well, come on. This is like, what everybody thinks. And and also like, well, it wouldn't have affected me that much. Like, are we sure these aren't just really dramatic people? Um, but no, you are you are really opening my mind because I don't think I would handle that. Yeah. Like you said, it's like an experiment. And ex yes. it's an experiment with no um yeah. no debrief. Yeah. And, and social media afterwards. I mean, no one takes a second to write anything nice. No, it, it doesn't exist. Right. So you, you you have you know you have these anonymous fucks that I mean, like right. you, the the quarantine happened. So everybody and their brother, like oh. you know, they're, they're like, let me binge the let me binge the challenge. Let me binge Survivor. I get messages. I don't know every other day wishing bad things not only upon myself right. but my daughters. Right. Right. They're four and thirteen. 
Yeah. And you can't say that that doesn't do a little something to just plant a, it does, it does something that, that we are, it's just, and and naturally as human beings, we're interactional. We are, we are people who, who need connection and we need social, like positive social interactions. And rather than having the, this like smaller tribe of people who look out for us who care for us, who really know us, we have these anonymous people who mm-hmm. think that they know us, who think that they, you know, who, who say one line to us or leave one message that, you know, we'll like, you'll remember to this day. And it's nothing to them, but it really, really affects it. Even the strongest. I think about how mentally stable I am, the amount of therapy I've done in order to go through like grad school, the program, like you have to you do a lot of your own therapy. Like, mm-hmm. like I think it was like 200 hours or something like that. Like I, I did a lot of wow. therapy. So you just know and you learn like how we are, you know, the things, the environments we're in, the interactions we have absolutely affect us. And, you know, a lot of, we have between 50 to 60,000 thoughts a day. Not all of them we're conscious of, not all of them are right in the front. You know, I talk to my clients and then say, it's kind of like you click on a, a, a link and it opens up a whole bunch of pop-ups in the background and Ooh. there's music and weird stuff going on in the back, but that's not what you're looking at. It's not the front screen. And maybe you can ignore it for a while, but if you're like trying to write a paper or do something mm-hmm. else and you got all these pop-ups back there, all these thoughts that are like, I remember that time you did this and how you're and like, and you're just trying to like put your kids to bed or like read them a story. And you can't, it's, it changes how you go about your day. It changes your view of yourself. And I think it's an important thing to talk about an important thing to recognize. And it doesn't mean I'm like, get rid of reality television. No, just let's help them out a little bit. Yeah. So you had to go through your own counseling before coming, yes. becoming a therapist. Do you ever have days where like you are not a good therapist where you needed to do like more meditating or something before a session? You know, I think in the, in the, in the, I will say, you know, I'm kind of the person who has sacrificed my own well-being for others. It's just, mm. I think a lot of therapists are kind of like that. Mm. And so my clients would never know it, but it would more mm. play out in my inability to practice good self-care. So maybe I like wouldn't be, you know, eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner that day, or I'd be like staying up and not getting a good night's sleep mm-hmm. or um, something like that. But one of the things before you even start working with clients, and one of the things that I think separates therapists from say life coaches, oh yeah. So one of the things I think um, separates like therapists from life coaches and things like that, I mean, every everybody who helps people is wonderful. And I yeah. am like, all about that and all for like, let's make people feel better in any way. Um, But we do a lot of work and we have, I like have supervisors that I work with and Mm -hmm. I do consultations all the time about the transference and counter transference. So how Mm -hmm. is the situation with your client affecting you? And the majority of what the work that you do in like the first year is Mm -hmm. let's get you right. And how can you handle Mm -hmm. hearing the information that you hear? Cause it's going to be a lot. And you need to develop some really good tools for how to hold this space and hold this information. I call Mm -hmm. it care without carrying. So how do I care for this person? And with everything, how do I care for somebody without carrying the 
emotion, the heaviness, the whatever it may be of the situation. So I really, I've come, I have a lot of techniques that I use. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like hippity dippity. So there's a lot of like crystals and, and, and mm -hmm. sage and, and incense mm -hmm. that, you know, gets lit around here that always mm -hmm. helps. And really it's just practicing a lot of mindfulness and staying present and in the moment. And yeah, but yeah. it took a while and it's still, it's an ongoing mm -hmm. thing. It's something I have to practice every single day. I bet. Oh my gosh. Um, are there any patterns that you see, especially with couples? Oh, oh, you know, one, the thing that I think, uh, I talk with couples a lot about, we often want so bad for the other person to change mm. say, Oh, if only they were like this, I want this person to be different. Well, let me tell you, I always, I could say I could be the best therapist in the whole entire universe. I can't make anybody change. You're not going to be able to make anybody change. We can't do that. There's a, a running joke in therapy. How many therapists does it take to change a light bulb? Well, first the light bulb has to actually want to change. And so that's like, no. right. So that's the whole thing. So, uh, you know, when working with couples and you know, say I'm working with the wife who's saying, I, I really want my husband to just be a better husband. I want him to mm -hmm. be attentive and do the kind of things that he used to do, whatever it may be. I say, are you being the best wife you can be? And Ooh. so mm. I think it's really important before, you know, I was married for five years and then going through grad program, I was like, oh, I can't really, I'm not taking my own advice and uh, I can't really be like allowing myself to be in this kind of relationship and allow myself to be treated this way or have these kind of interactions and then mm -hmm. go and tell people like help couples because I'm yeah. not doing any, like taking any of my own advice. So through that, I realized that this is not a healthy relationship for me to be in. And, uh, you know, but in we went to couples therapy and that was something that I really tried. I said, you know, I'm going to be the best wife I can be. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the wife that I, you know, was when we first got married and the kind mm -hmm. of person that I would want to be that would that would maybe have somebody else respond to me in that way. You know, because if we're, mm -hmm. you know, like have this your thoughts and your feelings and your actions are all connected. So yeah. if your thoughts are, Oh my God, look at this motherfucker. He didn't even do the dishes in the sink. Are you kidding me? He's so mm -hmm. late. I can't believe he didn't do the dishes. Uh, doesn't he know that I did all the laundry that I took care of all this stuff. That guy can't even put his goddamn dish in the dishwasher. It's not that hard. Mm -hmm. What feelings does that create? Guaranteed oh, yeah. resentment, anger, frustration, blah, blah, blah. We can keep going. Hard How do you act when yeah. you are frustrated, angry. How mm -hmm. do you interact with your husband when you mm -hmm. are frustrated, angry? You're not saying, Hey, hon, do you mind doing that? You're like passive aggressive and you're, um, Oh, what do I do it? Oh, what do I call it? Uh, uh, like hate cleaning where you're like, oh, don't, don't clean this tree. I am cleaning at you. Yes. I want like, you to notice. Yeah. I'm cleaning. I'm like hate cleaning this counter. And like, you know, <laughs> we do that. And we're like, like, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. And this is all going on inside your head. And they haven't, yeah. they, all they did. And it could be like, oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. I was on a really busy call and I just threw it in there. And you're right. Let me handle it right now. Yeah. If we were to come to the, our partners with that understanding or, or check yeah. what thought is making me rage clean yeah. and what feelings do I have and what thought is creating these feelings? Can I transform that thought into something that's a little more compassionate, a little more understanding? give the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. as much as you can. And that is like a great place to start. And if the, if one partner who's being the best like partner they can be husband, wife, mm -hmm. 
what what have you, um, and you still aren't getting the things that you need, then I think it's important to like look at you know what mm-hmm. table is this even something that person uh, uh, can provide, and I think mm-hmm. getting a really solid understanding of what everybody's wants and needs are yeah. is really kind of like the starting point or some of the, the helpful tips for couples. Yeah. yeah. That whole rage cleaning thing, um, a Brene Brown quote that changed my life was, in the absence of data, we make up stories. Uh-huh. Yes, we I, do. I, I, love that. I, love that. I make up so many stories about what the other person is doing and why they did it. And I spin oh, yeah. into such a rage. And yeah. almost all the time, the other person didn't even notice what they had done. So they certainly weren't doing it on purpose. Right. They certainly weren't doing it on purpose to hurt me. Right. Um, so I'm not always very good at it, but like when I, when I'm in like the third paragraph of making up a story in my mind about why they did the thing, like, Oh, can you either let this go or bring it up to them? Yes. And I, it's, it's, you know, I want to, uh, you know, give you like all of the credit and, and, you know, recognition for being a creative mind because it's only the most creative. It's the same muscle, the same thing that makes Mm. you creative. We can't, can't turn it off the same thing that would make you probably good at telling another story able to host a podcast able to come up with ideas for other things we can't say hey i'd like hey brain i'd really like you to be creative and give me good ideas yeah. and like and create all these wonderful stories over here but can you like not do it over here but no it doesn't work like that so that you know i always so use stephen sense. king as an example so mm-hmm. like if stephen king listened to the thoughts inside of his own head Oh my God, he'd be like institutionalized and be like, I'm crazy. And you definitely need to like, I'm going nuts. We all have like dark thoughts and we all have these like crazy things that our mind thinks. And so he's like, oh shit, that's good. I'll write that down. If he thought that that was him and his Mm. own, the biggest thing that I always want my clients to understand is you are not your thoughts. Your brain's Mm. job is to create thoughts and to create ideas Mm-hmm. And it's your job to say, oh, yes, thank you, Brian. I'd like to keep that one. Right. I give the example. Of, how do you spell two? T-W-O. Or, but who chose, who decided what two you were going to say? You decided. Your yeah, brain said, right. well, it could be T-W-O, T-O-O, mm-hmm. or T-O. Mm-hmm. Your brain has all those options. Yeah. Your conscious mind, you, your wisest self said, I would like to say this one. Right. Based on what you think, I, I, but there are, we don't beat ourselves up. We don't say, oh, brain, you're so dumb for giving me T-O-O, T-W-O, and T-O. All I needed was T-O. No. That what do we do with everything the, else? When I'm hanging out with kids, like, oh, wow, aren't there, isn't it cool that there are so many options? Wow, she thinks a different thing. Isn't that cool that we have the ability to think different things? Mm-hmm. Being learning about working with kids has made me so much gentler with myself. Yeah. So much. And you know, I to, that we all have this inner child and we all have this kid inside mm. us who's usually the one that pops up when we feel hurt, when we feel sad, when we feel fearful, mm-hmm. and we respond from that place. So if we can tend to mm-hmm. that little kid inside of us and be really understanding and compassionate and nurturing to that little child and say like, Oh, it's okay. You just had a bad day. Like you just need like 
let's go home and like tuck into bed and like watch a nice movie and like get your stuffed animal out. And then like, let's do it again tomorrow and see if tomorrow's better. Okay. Yes. Okay. I don't overwhelmed by this too. Yes. I wouldn't want to do this either. You're making a good point. Yes. We pivots. We need to do that to ourselves and yes. we need to be our own loving parents because we just do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could not upvote that enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, getting back to when you've got people in front of you, um, does a couple, you've kind of hit on this, but when a couple comes to you saying, this is the problem, do you ever start seeing something else that you're like, Oh no. Oh, that's not the problem. This thing Yeah. It usually isn't the problem. Okay. But, yeah. Yeah. And it's it usually, and it's, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's like, you know, always like this, but you know, often the person who initiates couples therapy is like, God, we're going to go in there and that therapist is going to tell them what's up or tell her what's up and they're going to be on my side. And I, it is I'm not so like that. Right. Right. It is not. I thought it was going to be like that in therapy for me. I was like, oh, I'm going to go in there and that therapist is going to be like, fellow therapist, I'm on your side. And uh, then she's like, oh, no, this is what you're doing. And I was like, oh, damn, that's right. And so, mm -hmm. you know, it, we, um, we, like hold up a mirror, you know, and we can really mm -hmm. see, I, I think it, it becomes pretty easy to see um, how people react when they become defensive. Mm -hmm. And it's really our uh, survival stances. So stances mm -hmm. that we take when we feel threatened and when we feel something is at risk. And those things could be our relationships, our um you know, like the status quo, how things are right now, and, um, you know, having a partner, whatever it may be. And if we feel like that is at, mm -hmm. it's like being threatened, then yeah. it is, uh, uh, unless we've done a lot of work to not react from a survival stance, we will absolutely respond as either the victim or the blamer or mm -hmm. the martyr or mm -hmm. the, um, the person who's like irrelevant is like, yeah, I don't care about it anyway. Like there's, there are specific stamp communication stances that people take and in couples they're often matched. So you'll have a blamer and you'll have a placator, a martyr. You'll have somebody who's very um, uh, uh, rational and very logical. And then somebody who's like, well, I don't care about anything anyway. And it's like more of the, you know, like that kind of, yeah. I remember the term like feelings right based. Yeah, yeah, and so it usually there's usually a a um, very and often you can see it. You know, like the blamers mm -hmm. do a lot of pointing, and the <gasps> oh my gosh, it's literally yeah. oh, it's in there. How they wow, that's amazing. Yeah, there are actual body stances for this. So I just look for. I'm like, oh, okay, well that's what. And so sometimes I'll have a couple do um a mod like human modeling of, so I'll say, okay, you got like pretend, and this works really well with give a family as well. Mm. So I'll say like, um, okay, show me how everybody is. Like you guys are in a fight. Show me how everybody is like, let's, let's, mm. you know, bend their arms, put their arms, how they would be, put them on the chair. And you'll often have like, you know, the child who puts the mom or dad or whoever's the blamer on a chair like high above everybody and they're pointing down and then maybe the person who's like a victim or martyr will be like on their hands and knees and like oh i'm so sorry you know and you'll see this mob families will absolutely model it and 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 show you 
and you're just like, oh, I don't know. There you go. That's that. That's that. And is this going on? And they're like, oh, yeah. And so we work on addressing those survival stances of how mm-hmm. can you how can you respond to that from a place of congruent communication of really saying mm-hmm. how you feel in your heart rather mm-hmm. from this place of feeling like attacked and you have to defend yourself or you're doing something to just survive and, and try to maintain the system, which is wow. like, oh, maybe if I like beg, like, cause that's the, that's what I did when I was growing up. And yeah. these are things that we develop early on. And mm. I never want clients to feel bad about these survival stances because they're survival stances. That's you how you survived. Right. But it's kind of like using duct tape to fix mm-hmm. the stuff. Mm-hmm. It works for so long. It's so great. Yeah, I love it. But after a while, you're like, oh, I should actually like fix that hole in the wall and like really like repair it rather than just patch right. it up. It'll be like, let me use a different tool that now I'm an adult and I, ha- I have yeah. the ability to learn this new skill. And how the hell do we learn this shit anyway? We don't know. Nobody's like born knowing this stuff. We have to either see it modeled or yeah. realize that this isn't how we should be. And we need to like react differently and, and, right. or we start seeing how it affects our relationships and there the consequences become so great that we're forced to change or somebody's like, you better go therapy or else I'm leaving your ass. Right. And so then we're, we're, and then people feel so ashamed of, Oh my God, I did, but no, thank right. you. Thank you for developing. Like, I'm so glad that you had that survival skill because that's how you made it through maybe your abusive upbringing or mm-hmm. the sexual trauma that you went through or, you know, being in a family where nobody validated and, they were real dismissive of emotions. Like, how did your family respond when you were angry? Oh, they didn't talk. Oh, they never got angry. Well, how on earth are you supposed to learn how to yeah. respond in a fight? Yeah. I could talk about this shit all day. I love yeah, it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so letting people know, like, you you now have a power that you didn't have when you were a child. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So do when you're doing family therapy, do kids... Do kids pick up on more than the parents are aware that they're picking up on? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Kids are very intuitive. They definitely know when something's wrong. I think um, one of the things that I see in the population I work with are parents who want to hide the problems mm-hmm. from the kids. And kids can sense that, and they say, oh, I don't want I don't want my child to ever see us in a fight or ever see us argue. That really isn't helpful for them in relationships mm-hmm. later because then they get the uh, wrong idea that fights don't happen or that happy couples shouldn't ever get in an argument. What matters is not them witnessing it. Of course, we never want them to witness any sort of violence. We don't want anything that's abusive to be um, something that they witness or experience. But it's okay for kids to see parents have emotions because it teaches them how to regulate their own Mm -hmm. if there is the resolution. So Mm -hmm. it's very important that kids understand, you know what? You know how you had that bad day when you had your toy broke and you were so mad and you just wanted to like hit someone and you didn't. So you went in your room and we hit your pillow and that made you feel better. Well, mom was having one of those days too. And she was so angry. And you know, when, when moms get angry, sometimes we say things that's the wrong thing, but mom is working on that. And Mm -hmm. like, what helps you when you get angry? Oh, taking some deep breaths. I'm going to try that too. Let's practice that. And then um, you know, like, I just want you to know that I love dad. And I, in the same way that you still love your brother, even though you got really mad at him when he, you, he broke your toy and we always love you. And this had nothing to do with you, yeah. but we're going to be okay. And we're just going to get angry and we're going to hit our pillow and then we'll be fine. And then you're, we're going to be okay. And dad and I are, are going to be friends again. Mm-hmm. And 
mm-hmm. them seeing the resolution and how yeah. how people manage emotions is oh magic wonderful it's the thing that really matters well and that's it's building a bridge to things that they've experienced like what mm-hmm. do you do when you're angry don't you feel this way when yes. you're angry and it's yes. um something i've i have adhd and i wasn't diagnosed until my 20s the best no, the best when you get the diagnosis the worst to have it but i'm with you on that yeah yes. and and lights and darks to it positives and negatives um Correct. I so need things to be explicit. I hate implicit stuff. I hate guess culture. Um, I hate having to guess what someone wants or what they meant. And so what I saw you doing with that example was making it explicit for the kid. This is what was happening. This is what you saw and heard. This is what was underneath and what it meant and bridging it to their behavior. Great. It's like a triple learning experience. And if you are the parent who was experiencing anger and you can do that, guaranteed it's going to take that all like when we can teach it it really has a magical effect on us like practicing it and applying it and you know it's wonderful when i get the opportunity to work with people who are parents because often we are very bad at taking care of ourselves or like you know understanding why we like oh no i mean i don't need to be I don't need to take care of myself or I, I can go a few hours without eating or I can like, you know, stay up late and get the work done, but we would never do that for our children. So right. I love having people who are parents come like, oh, would you let your kid? Nope, never. So why are we doing it for you? And then they'd be like, oh, dang, you're right. So, you know, it's helpful. I don't so much what children kids. need. We need clear yeah. expectations and snacks and breaks. A- absolutely. And, and occasional nap. Yes. And to be told that we love you just the way you are and you can be silly and goofy and you could be just you. Just mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all ties together because, you know, all the reality stuff is like, we want you to be this version of you. And then people are like, what? That's not. So it's all a, a lot about like, who is the person really? And how can I nurture uh-huh. that? person and help people love themselves self-compassion and self-love is oh like yeah the best thing in the whole world and what we should all be aiming for like just what, what is the shit. best self that you could be if the armor was down the defensiveness yes. the need to win or the need to placate the fear mm-hmm. of abandonment if all that shit was gone like who what would your gemstone in the middle be yes yeah, yeah. Mm. i love it good stuff well, this has been wonderful. Um, I feel like I could hear you talk about mental health for hours. Thank oh, you for hopping nice. on with Johnny and I. Yes. Thank you so much for having me and reaching out. Like I just, this stuff like lights me up and I get so excited to talk about it. Um, so, um, so yeah, anytime. And if people uh, are interested, I um, work at a practice called Solutions OC and you can check me yeah. out at solutionsoc.com. Great. And my podcast is the Brain Candy Podcast. And I am on all social medias as I'm Sarah Rice, letter I, letter M. Very nice. I'll, we'll make sure those are in the show notes. Um, we also ask every guest to pick a charity that they'd like our listeners to support and also a call to action, something yes. that a step people can take um, to make their lives better. I like very simple steps. Some people like very ambitious steps. Mm-hmm. It's up to you. So call to action and charity, what yes. you got? Well, my call to action, this, and it's a real simple one, but oh, is it powerful? Okay. Grounding. So get outside with your shoes off. That's a big, important one. And just spend, I won't even make it hard. One minute. One minute. Standing 
on the grass or the dirt, doesn't matter. Just needs to be you connecting to the earth. We are electrical creatures. The mm-hmm. earth has like electrical, it is it actually mm-hmm. grounding the word, like mm-hmm. electrical grounding. There are so many amazing positive mm-hmm. benefits to this, a reduction in uh, uh, like cortisol levels, um, you know, stress goes down, inflammation goes down. There, This is heavily researched and totally science. I'm not like, you know, I'm, I'm like a hippie dippy gal, but this is like science for you. So just get outside mm-hmm. and, you know, if you're feeling like extra credit, hug a tree. Okay. I like that too. And the organization that I work with that I've been working with since um, I first appeared on reality television is called PAVE, um, Promoting Awareness and Victim Empowerment. And they are a wonderful, wonderful um, grassroots nonprofit organization that supports victims of sexual abuse and uh, I should say survivors of sexual Mm -hmm. abuse. Mm -hmm. And they have been very active in supporting um, so many people in the Me Too movement and um, are, are a great resource uh, and really great to connect with if you are somebody who has experienced uh, sexual assault mm-hmm. or if you know somebody and are looking for ways mm-hmm. to help um, or resources for them, then uh, you can check out PAVE and there are wonderful, wonderful resources there. Oh my gosh, those are terrific. So everybody go to PAVE and that'll be in the show notes and go outside and put your bare feet on the grass for just one minute. One minute. Just one That's minute. It. Just one minute, get some grounding. Well, we'll make sure all of that is in the show notes and um, tag us, tag me and Johnny and Sarah when you've taken your step or given yes. to the community. We would love to see what you're doing. Oh my God, I would love that. I There's nothing that makes me happier than people are like, oh my gosh, it really was nice and it made me feel so much better. I love that shit. I live for it. Sweet. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for hopping on with us. We had a great time talking to you. Thank and uh, Johnny you. had to get ready for DJing, but he's going to pop back to end the broadcast. So I think just um, leave your camera or leave yourself and he'll, he'll, I'm going to put a post-it note on my camera and I I think he'll figure it out from there. I don't know. Okay. Should be fine. Our part is done. Now it's on Johnny. You want me to just swipe, swipe that camera, like my camera thing and just leave it open or what? Uh, Just. um, Oh, there he is. Right. Ah, good timing. Figure it out. Yes. Thank you so much. I am uh, sorry I had to duck out. I uh, hey, we, we had a cool. previous time and then life interfered as it yeah. tends to every now mm-hmm. and then. So, but uh, thank you so much, Kendall. The ball was in your court, and uh, I got to to uh, to to watch your uh, your dribbling, and uh, you're an all star. That's so, great. Uh, you know yes. I love sports. It's <laughs> sports ball. It's her favorite yeah. favorite thing. Yeah. So, Go sports. Go sports. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget that call to action. Yeah. Uh, donate and uh, be a better person. Yeah. yeah. Yep. There we go. And with that, Just love yourself. Sounds see good. In, see you in two weeks. <laughs>